0: Hello. I'm Karen Hardwick, and in addition to being a clinically and spiritually trained therapist, I am a leadership consultant. As a result of my work and my own messy and beautiful journey, I know that connection is the antidote. On this podcast, I talk with people, leaders from all walks of life, who embody connection to self, to amazing grace and as a result to others. My guests are those who bravely choose true connection, even as they walk through some hard times. They hold their stories and the stories of others lightly and lovingly with authenticity and grace, empathy and gratitude. They are the ones awakening, broken wide open into wholeness. We are all recovering from something and the sharing of our stories is all about connection not perfection. I have a chair here just for you. We are saving you a seat. Don't miss our episode with Aaron Nequist, author of The Eternal Current. Aaron shares his down-to-earth and uplifting thoughts about how we can integrate our emotional and spiritual selves and the restoration found in healing practices. You will find hope in Aaron's vision around helping people find their way into the quiet, transformative, miraculous power of community, especially as so many are struggling with the beautiful and in need of healing Church. Okay, everyone, we are in for a treat. We are joined today. By Aaron Nyquist, a liturgist, a writer, a pastor. He's all the things that are going to warm and challenge and nourish your heart. After leading worship at Mars Hill Church and Willow Creek Church, he created a new liturgy, which is a collection of modern liturgical worship recordings. And then, as if that wasn't enough, he curated a discipleship-focused, formational ecumenical, practiced-based community at Willow Creek called The Practice. He released a book called The Eternal Current, How a Practiced-Based faith can save us from drowning. And I have been reading it, and it is doing exactly that, folks. And he continues to be a resource to help others flesh out spiritual and emotional and relational issues. He recently graduated from General Theological Seminary in New York City and is facilitating a much-needed healing retreat for Christian leaders of any tradition who have not given up on the broken and beautiful church. We'll talk more about that, but that, as Aaron says, is just job stuff. His world, the center of his center of his center, is his wife, Shauna, and their sons, Henry and Mac. Aaron, I am so privileged to have you here today, and it's perfect timing as we enter into this Lenten season.
1: Yes, it's so good to be with you. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah.
0: There's so much to talk about. So using your metaphor in the book, let's just like <laughs> wade right in. I, lo- I loved your book, Aaron. It, it is so invitational. Mm. It, it draws the reader in, in a way, and asks us to connect deeply with the living Christ in every minute, in every kind of space, and you're so masterful at joining the spiritual with the emotional. Like, mm. um, spiritual health helps emotional health. Can you talk sure. a little bit more about that? It's just so fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, the connection with spiritual health and emotional health.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm indebted. Probably 15 years ago, I bumped into the work of Pete Scazzaro, Mm. Who wrote The Emotionally Healthy Church, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And his premise was: we cannot be spiritually healthy while we remain emotionally immature. Oh, I love that. Both and, and and I think what what that opened me up into is the reality that we are we are not pieces, we are whole beings. So my what's going on in my body affects what's going on in my prayers, affects what's going on in my relationships. Like we are one person. Uh, Richard Rohr says, The way we do anything is the way we do everything. Mm. And so trying to find a way to bring our whole self into, you know, using that analogy into the river with Christ, not just like my spiritual self or my Christian self or my Sunday morning self, but my, all of it, the mess, the goodness, the beauty, the brokenness. So I think it's, it's more of a, a, of a call to like holistic living that has been really meaningful to me. I was not taught that way growing up. We were very split, but the holistic feels like, uh, Uh, more like reality, I think.
0: Mm. You know, that really resonates with me because as Mm. I have mentioned to you, I spend a good portion of my days working with leaders around the world. Yeah, yep. Helping them to be better leaders. And here's what I'm finding, more and more leaders, and for me, I don't say leadership is something that happens in our organizations. It's, It's what happens anytime we have people entrusted to our care. Hmm. So stay-at-home yeah. parents are leaders, yep. and people in the church yep. are leaders, etc. So yep. But leaders are starting to wrestle with all those things, Aaron, that you were talking yep. about. How can I be more spiritual? How can I be more yep. emotionally available? How can I be more yep. fully human? How, how can, yep. like as Richard Moore, again, to quote him, is, talks about, everything belongs.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it makes me think of about a hundred years ago um, when I was in premarital counseling with my then to soon-to-be wife, Shauna. The first session, um, our, our counselors just said, you know what makes for a healthy marriage? Healthy people. Mm. <laughs> Two healthy people make for a healthy marriage. So we're gonna, we're gonna work on the marriage, of course, but we also want to help you each Work on your own hearts and souls and bodies. And that, I mean, that, that's a little simplistic, but it really resonates with what you're saying with leaders. You know what makes for a great leader? A great human. Amen. And of course, there are leadership skills that we need to learn, of course. But to think that we can work on all, add all those skills without becoming a better human and that's not going to eventually implode is quite short-sighted.
0: It, it is, and we see the implosion all over the
1: place, right, in politics. All over the place. Business, yes. church. I was yes. leading a
0: workshop yesterday, giving a keynote, and I was saying, we don't need another leadership paradigm or right. parenting right. manual. Yep. We need to show up, right? And you know this, we need to show up fully human, pulling yep. from our messiness yes. and the wisdom yep. in that.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And so I wonder if everyone listening, I can't imagine anyone listening is saying, nah, that doesn't, you know, (laughs) I I think that just resonates, right? That just feels so true after all we've seen in the world over the last many years. But probably the question is, okay, but yeah, how? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. So I want to do that. But what in the world does that mean? And I think that's where a lot of the compelling conversation is happening these days. And you talked about an invitation. I think there are so many ways to be invited into these currents. And so...
0: I don't think there's a manual that fits everybody, right? So that's that's my concern not. with, here yes. are the five things to do to yep. have a beautiful that's right. marriage. That's right. It's personalized. And there are yeah, some best right. practices. So So how do you yep. do that? How do you find your healthiest most connected self?
1: Yeah, that's just such a wonderful question. A couple things come to mind. The generals have felt true my whole life and are probably universal in some sense, but the ways it fleshes out is both really personal and honestly has changed over time. Mm -hmm. So for me, there's almost always some sort of wrestling with Ideas I tend to be a, a kind of idea person, so a lot of the big changes and movements in my life have begun either with a book or a late night conversation with a friend or you know some uh, paradigm paradigm shifting um, idea. okay, so that's always part of it, but it 's not enough. Mm-hmm. Just shifting our brains does not change our lives. Secondly, it almost always involves at least one other person. Um, I'm an introvert, so I actually do a lot by myself and I love it. I'm an inward processor, not a verbal processor. Yes, yes, yes. And Mm -hmm. the big moments, the breakthrough moments have almost always been eye to eye with an actual human being. So there's an an idea side, there's a human connection side, and then there's a concrete practice side. And in fact, that's almost the entire book, you know, the eternal current that that you've mentioned is the concrete practices. And the the idea here is, you know, it's one thing for, I I framed it all in the invitation of, of Jesus and it's one thing for Jesus to say, you know, love your enemies and bless those who curse you. And for us to say, I believe that's true. <laughs> well, that belief is fine, but the invitation is to do it, mm. <laughs> is, to, is to actually pause on a consistent basis and pray for our enemies. And we don't want to do this, and I, I hate doing this, but... Um, whenever I'm actually able to put Jesus' words into practice, I could tell you a couple different stories of some people that really hurt me where the relationship got completely broken, where finally, after holding the resentment and all the things that we do that just hurt us, it doesn't hurt the other person, I decided, all right, I'm going to actually put Jesus' words into practice. And I started praying for the person and something changed inside, not immediately, but over time. And so, the third category here is just not just believing things. Hey, I should probably run five miles every day, <laughs> but putting my shoes on, stretching, getting out on the trail, and running. So,
0: okay, that was just so beautifully stated, Aaron. And I want to unpack that because they're mm. so. We could have a podcast episode, honestly, just on that. (laughs) So first of all, spoken like a true Enneagram 4.
1: Of course. Right? Of course. (laughs) And I love how
0: you tied it all together. You tell this beautiful story in the book and it really struck me because like you and probably like many human beings, I struggle with what? Like, are you kidding? You want me to pray for these people who betrayed me and did really egregious things? And what?
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And in the 12-step recovery program, we say something like, God is doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. And you tell this beautiful story about what happened when Shauna, your wife, was unceremoniously fired by a church. That's right. And your feelings around that and your resentment. And then over time, using centering prayer.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Right? Things yep. shifted. And you, yep. it was almost like you woke up one morning and you're like, how did that
1: happen? It was like I chose to put myself into the flow of this practice. I'd never done centering prayer. I just was learning it and said, all right, uh, for these three weeks, I'm going to do it every day. And... As I kind of submitted to that weird, difficult practice, something was done unto me and something released right. and it began to heal. I mean, it was, it, I've only had a couple of those experiences in my life, but it was, it was like being healed. It was uh, quite profound.
0: Well, you know, our living God heals yeah. today. Miracles yeah. abound, you know, it, it, we say yeah. oftentimes, don't leave before the miracle, like yeah. wade into the water again, to use your metaphor, get into the river. Yeah. Sometimes that's, God that's right. is only waiting for us to just glance in his direction a little bit
1: Yeah. to show yeah. our willingness, yep. right? Yeah, yep, that's right, that's right.
0: You know, one yep. of the most powerful metaphors for me is the table. The power of the table. Growing up an Episcopalian, I have such a theology of hospitality embedded in me. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Openness, inclusiveness. Yeah, it's one of the best parts of being raised an Episcopalian, and I think that has moved onto the table for me. Mm. where I just, there's nothing more powerful than having people around my table cooking for them, nourishing them, stories, tears, yep. coming yep. together. What yep. is some, What are you? some of your powerful metaphors of community and connection? How do you experience that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I would absolutely agree, the table. And to be honest, I feel like nearly every one of my wife's books at some point center themselves on the table on what can happen <laughs> when we're at a table together. So that um, yeah. she would be amening along to this conversation. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of different uh, analogies. I One I used, I, I, I'm kind of big on the, um, again, because I'm trying to move out of my brain into my body, into some of the fitness analogies and... Confession, I'm not a fitness person. Like you'd think I'm like a trainer or something. Um, No, I am mostly out of shape pianist. (laughs) However, when a group of people commit to do something together and they keep showing up over and over, and even when, you know, if you're exhausted that day and want to bail, you're going to show up because I'm coming and then when i'm exhausted and don't want to go i'm going to show up because i know you're there there is something so powerful whether it's a runners group you know sports teams i both my boys i really wanted them to play team sports not because i think sports are are some sort of you know super high value but being on a team really is mm-hmm. learning how to join together for a bigger goal so i think any anything where we commit ourselves mm-hmm together to each other to do A, B, or C, I think can be really, really compelling.
0: I, like you, am an introvert. I could be by myself mm. for days on yeah. end and have the best <laughs> time.
1: You know, it's yep. just how I yep.
0: energize myself. It's how I think things through. And I love yep. bringing all of that into community then, right? into yeah. With my tribe. Right. So because I think We can only take ourselves, of course, so far.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you do you
0: you are doing something really quite remarkable in that because my thought is this upcoming retreat that you have, Aaron. Yeah. Was most likely, I'm thinking, born inside of you in quiet, sacred moments, shared with your people, and then was birthed into the world. our, our people who are leading in churches need such healing in this oh, beautiful and broken yes. church we have. Can you talk a yeah. little bit about this retreat? Because I'm hoping people listening can read. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, to your point, I have never. I've been in full-time ministry over 20 years now, and I have never seen a season where leaders, pastors, priests, worship leaders, liturgists were more exhausted, and more disillusioned and discouraged. I mean, I, I've never seen a season like this. Mm. And there's a lot of reasons, you know, pandemic and the divisions in the country. And there's many re- overlapping reasons. But it's 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 pretty concerning. And so, yeah, I, I mentioned that to... Uh, our seminary president is, is a, just a wonderful uh, priest and and human being. And I mentioned that to him and he goes, let's do something. Mm. And so we're doing a Pastors, Priests and Guides uh, two-day retreat here at General Seminary in New York City on May 23rd, 24th and 25th. And the heart of it is, it's very simple. We're gonna do two things. We're gonna create holy space to rest, to practice, to breathe, and to begin to heal from what we've been through. And we're gonna start reimagining a new way forward. Mm-hmm. And some of our thought here is if we just rally everybody together and say, all right, onward to the next hill, we're like, <laughs> no, we're fried. There's yeah, no, no, no next more hills. hill right now. You know, no, 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 no. But on the flip side, if we just get together. And do a, you know, three spa days. That's really wonderful. But then we're going back into a a way of doing ministry and church that doesn't work anymore. And so we're really trying to hold this both in rest, heal, exhale, Mm. and then reimagine a, a, a new and more beautiful way forward. So. Yeah, we would say if you are, you don't have to be, you know, the pastor of your church. If you are serving to actively serve them, if you're the youth pastor, if you are on the elder board, if you're, however you participate, if you're a spiritual director, we already have a number of spiritual directors uh, registered for the retreat. Oh, I
0: love that. Oh. Mm.
1: And so, yeah, it's all on pastorspriestsandguides.com. That's where all the details are, or you can reach out to me and I'd love to answer any questions.
0: Well, it sounds like you're going to have some um, theology of table there too, right? Like gathering mm-hmm. around the table yes. and yes. sacred, yep. sacred well, gatherings. And
1: I'll tell you this too, the, the middle night, so it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday night, our official retreat stuff is done at 4.30 p.m., And we're saying your job for tonight is go into Manhattan, find the best meal, find the best museum, go to a Broadway show, find beauty, find creativity, find goodness, refill yourself, you know, like do it, you're here, you know? And so we're going to like just send everybody out um, Mm. to soak in the beauty of the city. And, And that is a spiritual practice too
0: it is finding beauty in the ordinary yeah. right in in yep. just our yep. daily <sighs> rhythm so yep. what you're describing honestly hits on some of my favorite r words so this retreat hmm. is going to be about rest sounds like restoration redemption yeah. renewal all those yeah. things that yes. oftentimes the imagination oh i yep. love that word yeah
1: yep yep
0: beautiful yeah. Just beautiful. And I yeah. would imagine. So would, you,
1: would you pray for us? I mean, I will would you pray for, the, for you. The leaders who are coming and anyone who's listening, like, first of all, if you know of a leader who is exhausted mm-hmm. and could use holy space, would you please send them? And um, we have scholarships if money's an issue, or maybe you could even say, hey, I'll buy your flight. You got to get there. And regardless, anyone who's listening, May 23rd, 24th, 25th, would you pray for us? Would you pray that God does what only God can do? I mean, we're just creating the space and we're asking the spirit to do the healing and the the leading work.
0: So not to uh, minimize what you're doing though, because you're not just creating the space. Sometimes the creating of the space or the setting of the table or the writing of the book it mm-hmm. is such a powerful act of faith when I believe we do it with humility.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, you, I mean, yep. the healers are really breaking wide open in this day and yeah. age.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: I love what you're doing, and yep. I could talk to you for a yeah. very long time. <laughs> so we'll have to have We'll, we'll you... do it again
1: sometime. We'll yeah.
0: have to have you back, but when, before you go, Aaron... If you could save a seat for anybody else around the table, since this
1: podcast is
0: called Saving You a Seat, who would you save a seat for and
1: why? I would save a seat for the person who thinks they have lost their faith in Christ when actually it's their faith that's made them not fit in the institution any longer.
0: Mm.
1: I would, I would save a seat. Yeah. I would save a seat and say, oh, you haven't lost your faith. You believe in the Jesus that we see in the scriptures more now than ever. You've lost your faith in the church that doesn't represent Jesus.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, maybe together we would beg each other, don't, you might, need to, you might need to let go of that institutional belonging for a time, but don't let go of that core belief in the one who said, blessed are the poor, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the merciful, blessed are, blessed are the pure of heart. Um, that's the invitation. And um, you haven't lost that.
0: I love your work on the Beatitudes, so that's something else that we have not gotten a chance Yeah,
1: that's right. <laughs>
0: to talk about. <laughs> yes. It's so important, again, the table, so important for me to be able yeah. to say to people, come.
1: Yeah, that's right. Bring you your stories. Welcome. Yep. Your, your
0: true self, whatever you think is your yeah. sinful self, believe me, there are those of us who've all been there.
1: Yep, yep. Bring it. Yep. You are welcome.
0: Yeah. You are welcome. Um, Speaking about welcome, there's so much to talk about. Where can people (laughs) find you, Aaron?
1: Yeah. um, There's a number of different places, um, but I've tried to put it all under um, just myname.com, erinnequist.com. And that you can find the new liturgy project. You can find the book. You can find, we're doing a podcast based on the book. That's one concept and then I'll practice we're really obviously practice centric that's called the eternal current podcast and um, so yeah the, the easiest way is arenique.com and then obviously on all the social media i'm usually Aaron Neek, a a r o n i e q is how that what the handle ends up being so yeah please we'll, drop by
0: we will have that all in the show notes
1: okay Great.
0: So people can refer to that Aaron. Yeah. What a pleasure.
1: Oh, so good so to be with Lovely.
0: You. Lovely to have you here around our uh, virtual table.
1: Virtual table. Thank you.
0: your listening means so much. So please hit the subscribe button and join us for the next episode to tune into the power of connection and transform your life at home and at work. Please also get my book, The Connected Leader. It is available on Amazon and all online book retailers. And visit our page, connectedleaderbook.com. Stay connected.